Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined, as always, by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your uh, California dreaming? Pretty good. Um, On such such a winter's day. Right. I, uh, I'm back today. I was back yesterday, actually very late yesterday. 12.30, something like that. Um, at night. Morning. So I haven't really had a lot of sleep. I'm still very jet lagged is the best way to put it. So it's okay. great. California trip was wonderful. Um, the convention I was out there for Adobe Max was amazing, as it always is. And yeah, I had a good did time. You, did you see a lot of, um, what was my prediction? Oh, AI stuff for Photoshop? AI stuff for everything. Um, everything, of course. Are yeah, they rebranding they, Illustrator? Nope, still Illustrator. But yeah, that was that was yes. that's a, that's a meme. If people know a meme, I'm doing that thing Zoomers do where I say meme when I mean joke. That's a joke because um, Adobe Illustrator's app icon and abbreviation is AI. Like, AI. Hmm, are they going to change right. that? <laughs> um, so they call it generative um, generative images or generative. Uh, uh, technology, um, okay, sure, is, is what they, they call it. Um, what we're talking about is if you've seen a lot of, if you've ever seen the, the things that are happening on the internet now, right now with artwork being created by computers, where you just put in a word or a couple words and it will paint pictures for you or whatever. Um, yeah, I talked about it's, this it's like that. a couple weeks ago with um, mm-hmm. uh, Stable Diffusion. Yeah, which is just and, one of those programs that will generate art. Yeah. And um the Adobe they've got a they they've had for many years a an AI backbone to all of their programs and it's called Adobe Sensei um that they use for everything and one of the the probably the, the most well-known one is if you use Photoshop at any at, in any capacity you probably know of content aware fill um so you mm-hmm. can select a coke can on the screen click content where fill and it will delete it and decide what's supposed to go in the background there. And when it first came out, it was cool, but a little kludgy, but now it's just brilliant. I mean, it's the techniques I've used with it now. It's just very little that you need to do and it replaces the entire backgrounds for you. Um, but they just used that. Like I said, that's the AI kind of technology that they use and they use it's crazy now. Some of the stuff that they're using with Adobe and all of their products. Um, the the biggest one probably that they showed for their generative AI was, um, and I think it was in Illustrator. As a matter of fact, uh, they were just making a birthday card. They have this thing called Sneaks, by the way. It's uh, uh, Adobe Sneaks. It's a, a presentation they give of new technology that they're working on, and it's literally sure. developers coming out there on stage. You can tell these are the developers, and. They are running like apps in a script window, right? Because it'll break often and give a little errors. Um, so some of these don't make it all the way, but some of them really do. But this one's clearly going to be one. This was one of the, the highlights. Was uh, they? She was making a birthday card for a friend of hers, and it was just a lady. Um, and she it was a, she had put a picture in there. Come to so and so's birthday party, and she had a picture of this lady that was too small, right? And it was, you know, 300 by 300, and she needed it to be like 1,000 pixels by 1,000 pixels. Um, she said, I, so I need to decrop it. So she chose the, the pixel dimensions, 
and it made an entire background for the rest of the picture, including okay, sure, including the lady's like lower torso and legs, and and finished it out. Gave her like a skirt because you could only see like up to her waist. Gave her right, a skirt. Right. Gave her the rest of her clothes, and she's now standing. And you can see the rest of her, and she's. It, she was holding a stick. You could tell it was almost like an umbrella and it figured out that it was an umbrella and may, put an umbrella above her head. And it was like a full on picture. And then the lady starts messing on further and she goes, I'd like her to have a long dress. So she just kind of like highlights and circles the area around her legs and then tells it to run its generative stuff. And it says, okay, it was a skirt. They want something different here. And it puts a dress in there and she totally changes the dress. And then she highlights it again and says, give me different dresses. And it pops up a side window that gives like 10 different dresses that, that, it, that it creates and puts on this girl. Remember, it was just a waist up picture, like a, you know, just a top picture. Right. And now they created a whole thing. They gave her a different handbag, changed her shirt to a different fashion shirt, gave her a different haircut. And then they put a, a, a different characters in the background and it was just an amazing thing. And then she says, and then I can just have her whole outfit changed by saying, okay, Adobe Sensei. And she just uh, like scrubbed uh, to highlight the entire lady and then ran it. And it popped up that window with 10 different things and showed different outfits on this lady. And I was like, that's crazy. You know, and she can, they can do anything. And then some of the stuff in Photoshop they were doing like, for advertisements, they wanted an underwater city, and they just type in underwater city, and it generated one, a picture of one for them. And they put it there, yeah, and they say, yeah. okay, ocean ocean level view or something. And then it showed there, shark swimming next to boat, you know, and then it, it creates one. Mm-hmm. And you put it in there, and it's then interesting. they're using it to make its own art. Oh, it's yeah. It's, it's interesting that you did that after... Um, I don't know, a week or two ago when I spent a bunch of time playing around with Stable Diffusion because it um, it has its main function, which is it calls text-to-image. And mm. those are both the three-letter, like, TXT2 IMG. Uh, where It's the thing you see on Twitter and all over, where people put a bunch of words, prompt words, and the thing just generates an image, as if by yeah. magic. It's the, the, AI. Those, so far, the ones I've seen pictures of are, like... They're very easy to tell that they're like kludgy, and, right? As, yeah. Especially if you've seen if you've seen a few of them, it's back to the old meme of like this looks shopped. Like if it's cropped tight enough, if the prompt is phrased perfect, and it depends on what it is. If it's like a landscape or something, you know, certain things like, and depending on which library you're using, all these things, you're like, I don't know. That looked like I had some that looked like photographs, like they looked like real people, but. If there are too many details, or if there are hands, like the hands are almost always bad, once in a while, you're like, okay, if I don't look too closely at that, and then like, I looked at enough of them that when I went and was looking at normal photos on Instagram, I was like, huh, that hand does look kind of strange. Maybe hands are just weird. Um, (laughs) Kind of, you know, uh, there's a word for that, like, if not aphasia, but it's the thing where you, like can't distinguish faces um all right but like that's the main feature and then there are a couple other features where you can give it an image and it'll try to modify it it's not very good at that um it also has things called in painting and out painting which if i explain them make perfect sense if you just hear those words you're like what does that mean uh in painting 
puts an AI generated image in an existing image, like paints it in. Yeah. And outpainting is the thing you just described where you give it a an image and tell it to make up the stuff around it. Neither of those things, uh, uh, Stable Diffusion is not very good at either of those things, but Stable Diffusion is also free. Like, oh, I right, was yeah. able to install it on my Windows computer in a matter of, like, maybe 30 minutes. And it wasn't hard because I already had Git and Python installed on my Windows computer. Um, but even, actually, I think I had to install Python. I did have to, like, modify something to point it to the right executable. So I'm like, well, if I were a normal, like, if I weren't a programmer, um, I might not know how to do those things. But it still was, like, five minutes to Google the solution, you know. And so oh, yeah. I'm like, really, anybody could install this. And so it's the it's the open source, the free version of this technology. But even with that, the text image part of it, every once in a while would give me something just really great. And so, of course, it follows that a company with the resources of Adobe that has bought every graphic technology app over the last 20 years um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. would be able to do that much better, right? Like, I've used Photoshop um, mostly just personal stuff, but also some, you know, stuff in my work for over 20 years and it's annoying and expensive and has way too many features. But yeah. every time I've tried to use another one, even like, um, Oh, what's the pro what's the company? It's like, it's not IA. It's something like that. I'll think of it and I'll put a link in the show notes. Cause there's a company that has a suite of tools like Photoshop and a couple other things. Affinity is the pro is the company. Yeah. Um, and they're very good, but there's always something that I need that only Photoshop has. Um, oh, yeah. oh yeah. And, and yeah, definitely they're like their healing brush stuff, all that, especially if you use it a lot, a lot of that is just learning curve stuff from like, well, if I didn't need this one feature that only Photoshop has, I could learn to use a different app and, you know. Yeah, not have well, to keep paying. Well, it's, Adobe the, it's every their month. it's their culture. But. It's one of the things that they talk about on the. So the, the Adobe Max Creative Conference that I went to, that I'm not that I'm plugging here too much is is this. Um, they get around and they they basically rah rah about the things that they're doing, like and of and, uh, and and there's a whole inspiration keynote. So it's not necessarily just always about them. It's about what's happening in creatively in the world, and they have creative speakers come and talk, and um, it it's a lot of cool stuff, but when you have the sessions, they're all run by Adobe people for the most part. And they talk about their, how they work and what things they do. Um, and for the Photoshop team, one thing I remember them talking about when, with sneaks is that they'll have these times planned into their schedules during, during projects and, mm -hmm. uh, and during their cycles. And they'll say, okay, we go for like a month, every project cycle, and we take a break where everyone on the team just stops. And it's, it's required that, it's built into the project that, you know, project takes six months. Well, we say seven because we put this extra month in and the month is that you stop doing what you're doing and go work on whatever you might want to work on to help like a, the, us like Photoshop, for example, like, you know, do something that you want to mm. do with Photoshop that isn't this project. 
and do whatever. And so all the it's developers the go off Google and start. Google used to be famous for their like 20, 80, 20, whatever they called it. Like they had a built in, like you need to use this much of your time to work on random stuff that you think is cool. Yeah, that you think is cool. And they come back afterwards inspired and do things like that. And a lot of these projects that they show for sneaks are like that. The developers will come back of course. and they're like, oh, this is cool. Look, look what I've done. And they're just, they're brilliant people. Obviously they hire some of the greatest minds in the world. And and they come back with some some amazing stuff, and then their team will like join. They'll get another guy like, oh, that's cool. I can do this. And then they they all work on it kind of together. And then after the month's over, you've got this skeleton arc, artwork or uh, architecture of a program that they that they build. Um, and then like, oh, that's really cool. And then so what Adobe does with things like Photoshop, where you're talking about like, oh, this tool. That's how tools get built. You know, I can go and make a healing brush. It's like I have a problem. What they were doing. One of the things one guy was doing was like hair. I have a problem with hair. I want to be able to just like select someone's head and it mm-hmm. pull the hair off automatically without doing a lot of work. And he figured it out. He spent his entire month doing AI work around hair. And I'm like, and now all I just is, you know, just highlights it and then it's perfectly pulled out. I'm like, oh, how much difficult that is. But that's what they do. And then they built that tool into the system. And that's what Photoshop's about is that that's how they get those little bitty functions. They just have these people working on whatever they want to enhance the product. Um, moving on from that one, you, you can look at that one. I was talking about the online if you search Adobe Max and um, the the program's called All of Me. So that'll be linked mm-hmm. in the show notes around. Um, I've got to think I've got an Adobe Max sneaks. They've already got a, the, all the videos in one spot. You can watch them. But the... Um, but the the neatest thing that they're they're doing, and it blows my mind because I understand how the sausage is made with programming. They're turning flat two D images into like where the the technology can recognize the three D ness of that that two D image, right? I know it's just a bunch okay. of pixels on a screen, but they can put a signpost that they just captured from Google, put it onto the picture of a road with a car. And it casts shadows because it knows where they are. And the shadow warps around the car as if it was in that scene. And like that, that is insane that a shadow can know that. And you can pick it up. And then you can actually, now they've got a thing in this sneak step where you just highlight the car and it will pull it off the page, fill it in what was behind it, and move the shadow that was attached with it and change the two-dimensional shadow along with the car as you move it. You're like, what is happening to this world now? You know? And it pop it what's what's great is that if you shrink it and move it in, it will and say move it off the road, it knows that that railing is a rail that's a three-dimensional thing and it will pop it behind the rail. This is one flat JPEG and they've just moved a car and shrunk it and it knew that it needed to go backwards into the image. I'm like, how does it I don't understand that the intelligence, the human intelligence that it makes to program that kind of stuff. Uh, it's mind-blowing. Um, and Kevin Hart was the host. He was there. So he's obviously not a, in a technology, but he does a lot of like business stuff and entrepreneurship things with technology. So he, being the comedian, he just gets totally blown away. And he's like, it's funny when the comedian is speechless. Right? Like, I don't even, he just turned like, I don't even know what to say about this. How is this possible and then he'll turn around and quip about like, I told my wife I wasn't at that spot. This is the proof right here. <laughs> you know, 
and then he's like, honey, honey, she's here with me. Now she can see, which is great. Um, that's funny. So yeah, the, the technology is amazing. I would encourage anyone just, just for, they're really short, like four minute videos. They're very short. They don't have very much time on stage and they get up there and they, they walk you through it and they've got them all. You can just search Adobe max sneaks, Adobe max 2022 sneaks. And you can see them all, you know, back to back on top of each other. And they're pretty much all amazing and just mind blowing what's possible. Um, with this company. I also found out um, Adobe earlier this year acquired a company called um, Substance 3D. And now Adobe okay. is in the 3D market, like 3D modeling and, and such, which of course they are. They're into everything. I just, I'm amazed at how many crazy stuff that they, they get into and walking around that stuff. I'm like, I had no idea. There's a whole suite of it. There's like eight different apps at least for 3D mm-hmm. modeling now. Yeah. Ugh, that company's just, way way big <laughs> uh so yeah that that was a fun time i had the, the conference was really because it's a creative creativity conference it's just for me somebody who soaks that stuff up and i'm i think it's part of me being an introvert being around people and being seeing all these creative amazing things they'll have these large chalkboards basically on the that they set up their walls and people will draw and they just keep putting markers out and that just let just let it happen, and then all these creative people just draw amazing stuff all over these walls, and then they take them back and put them in Adobe's offices for the year. Um, mm. But I can just look at it and watch people just all lined up, just drawing amazing stuff right in front of my eyes. And um, you know, I, I, I listened to an interview from a lady who works at Na- uh, National Geographic and how she shoots underwater stuff with sharks, and, and she gets up and talks about her work. And I'm like, it's just very inspiring. And you come back, you're like, I'm ready to do something. You know, I'm ready to use this cool stuff um, at any point. So the, it's job well done, Adobe. You, you inspire people <laughs> through your conference. And, of course, they want you to use Adobe products and all the stuff that they have and buy their things and buy into their ecosystem. And it's all. Well, of it's course. All good. Of course. Well, in addition to the, the technology that you experience, I saw some photos of the opposite of technology <laughs> activity that you you uh, partook in, partook of whatever. Oh, you talk um, about my walk. Yeah, yeah. You you posted two of um, the most well known landmarks in uh, in Grand Theft Auto Five. I mean, Los Angeles. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I I I had ex- expected to go hiking. Um, our buddy Pat and I um, work try to work out every week on a, on a Wednesday and. Uh, he calls it our we have or our accountability buddies is what he calls them. So we make sure. sure that we're doing some kind of exercise, which is which is great. Um, yeah. So I knew I wasn't going to be out there a week, and I told him I'd go on a hike to get some exercise in. I knew I was going to walk anyway, but you know, uh, I've never been to the sign. I didn't really care for that kind of thing. Uh, but I was staying around Hollywood, so I said. And, I, and last time I was out at Griffith's Observatory, which is about three miles away, okay. three or four miles. Uh, I saw all the trails just littering Hollywood Hills around the sign and stuff. I thought, man, that'd be fun to mm-hmm. to walk. I found a short trail that went from a reservoir, let's say on the left side of the sign, and it's just a, it's not very long. It's like 0.7 miles or some nonsense. And and then I was going to sure. walk there. It takes you to the the closest a, a public can get to the sign. It's called the Last House of Monhol on Mulholland. Take picture, walk back. So I plan like mile and a half, right? 
I get to the sign and I look over across the way and it's a mountain. There's like, you know, it's a mountainside for sure. These, these Hollywood Hills are on and -hmm. I can see the top of the dome on the ridge in the distance. And I'm like, Mm. I, and you can see the, the trails around there. I was like, I bet you I could walk over there. Um, and I said, you know what? I'll walk, I'll walk a little bit. I'll get tired. We'll see. And I got going and then I hit that sunk cost fallacy where I was like halfway <laughs> sure, and you're sure. like, I might as well just keep going. Um, so I, I made it all the way around, went up to, um, it wasn't too bad. It was like a lot of elevation. I think it was like 800 feet elevation or something, um, overall. And like I said, four miles, something like that. Um, but it was fun. It was, it was fun though. I think the only thing that bad thing I'd have to say about it was, um, they also used like half of that trail for horse tours. So they had like a bunch of tourists okay. get on horse rides and stuff. And there's just tons sure, of them sure. everywhere. And it's so right, awful. Right. So and then like happens. walking in a horse manure. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it was made easier by that. The day I went, it was this last, last Saturday. It was almost 90 degrees most days. And that last day okay. it was overcast and a little bit like they called it a lot of rain, but it was like spitting. Um, right. so it was like 65, 67 degrees. What a perfect day to just go on a walk. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, and I love Griffith observatory, beautiful views of the city. The city's massive. It's so incredibly huge, but like New York city, you can never see the whole city, but here from right. this, this hill vantage point, the mountain vantage point, you can see the whole thing. And it's you're just in awe of how big humans have made stuff out there, out there. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was it was a good time. I had a great time. I, I have never stayed in Hollywood. Um, I I'm not sure if I would again. It's it's okay. The thing about L.A. is uh, this is gonna make people who live in L.A. mad at me, but I don't always feel safe walking after dark in L.A. Hmm. I can walk around most of San Diego, places like that. Not all of San Diego, but you know I can know where to go. But L.A. I really feel uneasy going out. Anywhere that's, you know, not even the heavily trafficked areas, I don't necessarily feel safe. So, sure. It, it was great. It's always great during the day. I love that trip. Love that city. Just, you know, walking out nights, always a at your own risk thing. Take, mm-hmm. take a, take a lift or an Uber. Um, sure. So glad, glad to be home. It, I, I'm glad to have a better mic, man. I got to listen to our thing last week. <laughs> I don't know how you, I don't know how you heard me and just didn't shut me up the whole time. That was, that was awful. All right, enough but, uh, enough about me and my I, trip. What did you get to do yeah, this last week? I think it was worse on the uh on the recording Ugh. than what I heard over Discord. So, so bad. Who knows? Um, let's see. I have not done any crazy fun adventures. I've done one last um modification to my camper before I get on the road. Oh, it's coming up. It's your winter and, trip. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's I've I've been here in Bedford much longer than I expected, but uh that's that's life. Yep. Um but let's see. Uh my family and I watched uh, a movie called The Lost City. I don't know if you saw that. Wait, is that the one with Sandra Bullock and Mhm. Oh. I had I had a hard time getting through that. I mean, it's not great. I knew it wasn't that great, but I'd watch half of it, then I want to come back, and I'd stop watching it about ten minutes in. And what'd you think of that? Um, well, I watched it with my family, yeah. which was awkward. 
Um, <laughs> sure. It's uh, it's a movie about a writer. Uh, yeah. Sandra Bullock is a writer, and yeah. Channing Tatum is her cover model. Um, both of those are ridiculous. I, well, him more so because I am pretty sure most uh, cover art like that is just drawn just drawn uh, right yeah i don't think they have models that they photograph for those things I mean, but he's supposed to be overblown in that movie right like he's supposed to be over the top Crazy. right yeah right um and i was very like i am um you know i read a lot i used to read more i still kind of read a lot um i'm often very fascinated by words and language turns of phrase all those sorts of things. I mean, we talked about that mm-hmm. in various TV shows and movies that we watched. Uh, Violet Evergarden, Deadwood. Um, I'm sure I could think of others if I Deadwood is had the time. Perfect example. But uh, just, yeah, just like different kinds of writing. It's a It's a thing that now sort of casually fascinates me about Shakespeare. I know a lot of people get super into Shakespeare. I never have and probably still won't at this point, but... You know, in in freshman high school, I'm like, what is this? I can't understand this at all. And now I'm like, oh, um, I don't know, whatever. Any of the any of the Romeo and Juliet lines, um, plague on both your houses, or violent delights have violent ends. And then you uh-huh. hear them, of course, all over in other media where it's like, oh, you just took this one line because a whole play written like that is fairly. Um, uh, impenetrable but right you know you take just a little snippet of it and it's great um this movie was not that at all but it did have a lot of like cheesy campy kind of romance novel i don't know if i said it did, that it did feel very romance novel describing the roles like her character is a romance novel author she's yeah. not just a writer she writes these trashy romance novels and so there are a lot of jokes about that in the story itself when they're quoting, they're reading from her books or she, she'll, you know, start describing something, how she would write it. And it's very um, campy, very erotic, you know, it's the whole deal. Mm-hmm. But you zoom out a little bit into the script of the whole movie and it's really all like that. Like it's yeah. not as on the nose as when they're quote, like the stuff from her books is intentionally bad. But the whole plot of the movie still follows that sort of um, very contrived, very convenient um, um, plot beats and and turns. Um, and so it was very funny at the beginning. And the longer it went on, like it was still kind of funny, but I kind of got fatigued. That, that's why I think that I I dropped out. It was the ridiculous, hard to it. get back into it because yeah, I I I did. I think that's why I said I want to say it was terrible. That I, if it came off that way, I didn't mean that way. Like I was enjoying it. I like that yeah. you said fatigue. I think I felt that. That's what that's what it was. Like just all right. If these jokes, I, I get what's happening here. You know, are we moving? Is there anything else? Nice stuff. Uh, it right. reminds me I mean, of the show Romancing as, the Stone, another movie back in like in the well, 80s. Well, yeah, my half of my family made that comparison. I've never seen that movie. But um yeah, we were like, is this Romancing the Stone meets um The Proposal, a movie with uh Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. Where it's a similar like 
he's the younger man and um i think he's her assistant or something in that movie and she comes with him on some vacation holiday with her family so they'll get off her back about still being single so he has to pretend to be her fiance right oh, yeah, of course right. they they fall in love through the course of spoilers for spoilers that, for any the right. random random sandra bullock movie uh uh spoilers the <laughs> the two main characters fall in love by the end right um I, I could probably list the list of movies where that's not the case is shorter, <laughs> it's than, definitely shorter. than the opposite. Um, and yeah, so I was watching this movie with both my parents um, and my brother and two sisters, um, you know, and so I think, I think Sarah and I would recognize when, cause she's an English major. Like we would recognize when there was, you know they were doing funny things with the with the the wordplay with the writing um and then when it got a little more steamy the writing <laughs> then it was it was uncomfortable cuz i'm like sure ah, should i laugh funny. at this like i <laughs> i think it's kind of funny but you know a, a kind of kind of thing that was a little that was a little weird but it was fine yeah um you know i don't think I don't think anybody looks at the premise of that movie and is expecting of course high not. cinema. No. Right. I, um, I was surprised at uh, the Brad Pitt part, the thing that happened. Sure. Sure. I, I was, I was actually thought that's, I think one of the, the areas where I started to, to drop off. Cause I thought that that, mm. what the interplay between the three of them was going to be great. Like that, if they could have continued that on and then it just quickly didn't. And I was like, right. oh, oh, okay, that's fine. I feel like I feel like I've seen that trope. I don't know what that trope is called, but I've definitely seen that in a movie where, um, I mean, it's a little bit uh, Deadpool two. Yeah, right. It's a little bit that way. Um, but there's, I feel like I've seen almost that exact thing where somebody just like much too competent shows up in the movie and then, um gets fridged or whatever right whatever the trope uh uh for that is called but that one one of my I, probably sarah was like oh yeah that was definitely gonna happen like the, the his character was much too ridiculous <laughs> right to, i, I but last. i kind of enjoyed that i enjoyed how i mean i didn't mind what happened to him i wish they just would have happened later on like in the thing so we would have mm. had more of that because because his ridiculous made made uh what's the other the main actor guy's name um channing tatum channing tatum it made him more likable i thought like because okay sure he, yeah you know because he wasn't just an idiot he was like at least trying to compete with an impossible guy right mm -hmm. and and, it, and for a minute he's kind of like the impossible guy but not really so that play i think made it better and then he just kind of turned into this like goofy buffoon which is fine um, like you said, it, it's not like you're trying to watch this one with the thing, but yeah, I remember that. Watch that. I don't think I saw the ending of it, but I, I enjoyed it for what it was. And maybe, right. maybe I should go back and I think they were trying to get home when I, uh, when I last watched it. Hmm. Uh, what else do we have this week? Um, I watched, I watched black Adam. Should we talk oh, about did? that for a minute? Sure. Uh, I won't. I won't talk too much, and I, I'll try to keep it spoiler-free. Um, it's okay. I'll put it that way. Uh, yeah, I've heard. Yeah. I've heard pretty m middling. 
middling is the uh, best you could probably give it. And yeah. and the only thing that, that makes it middling is the action sequences, which it's action all the time. Like it's all the time. Um, they'll, they'll have a so few the, words. So the action sequences make it, are, are those a positive? Those are the positive. Yeah. They're okay. The CGI is cool. Uh, the fight scenes are awesome. The, the, the superhero cool things are, are awesome. Um, and they, they keep doing a lot of different ones. They don't spoil them all in the, the trailers. Like a lot of these things do. Um, sure. you know, you saw some of the trailers back at him, does some cool stuff. Um, the justice society is in it. Um, they're just, a. In the comic books, DC comic books, Justice Society is just old Justice League. The Justice League was now Justice Society was like in the made up of superheroes from the 1930s and 40s, stuff like that. Okay, sure. Uh, and they called them the Justice Society of America. Um, here they drop the America and they're Justice Society and they're made up of Hawkman, Dr. Fate, and two, and uh, one's called Adam Smasher. He's a character in the comic books, but he's also. This character is like his nephew or something. And then a completely made up character. I think she's new. Um, but here's the thing. They don't tell you. I've already told you more about the Justice Society than they tell you in the movie. And they're, th- they're okay. in it throughout the whole movie. Like they're main characters. So that's a positive in the fact that they're, you don't just get little cameos of these characters. They're, these superheroes with superpowers are in it the whole time. But they never tell you anything. They're just like, oh, yeah, here's this team with superpowers, and they do these things. There might be one line like, Dr. Fate is, he's possessed every time he puts that helm on. But that's it. They never, he never struggles with taking it off or putting it on. He never has any issue. There's nothing. It's just, that's just what it was. Mm-hmm. And now he does these like, cool superpower stuff. Like the, um, like the first Suicide Squad movie? A lot like the first Suicide Squad. You're just like, okay. I mean, that's. I think I actually think the first Suicide Squad movie was probably better. Um, that says something. Uh, hmm. I, I will say this. So th- th- I'm trying to say that those are the high points. Those are good things. The characters okay, are sure. cool. But they're, the Justice Society, who are main characters, have no... They're just there. They don't ask questions type thing. You know, hmm. you, you know they, they show up. They're a superhero team. That's what they are. Trademark TM. This is their name. They're on the scene doing superhero stuff. Um, and then Black Adam's doing Black Adam stuff. And he's got somewhat of a story. Um, but it's weird because he's trying to do anti-hero, right? Like he's, I'm not a real hero, which they say all the time. Like okay, sure. they never stop telling you how Black Adam is not a hero. Um, it's it's real it's real bad, and um, it's it's even worse by the fact that if you've watched anything recently like The Boys, you know what a violent hero is or anti-hero mm. is. Um, yeah, it's a little bit like, um, and is Black Adam is not it. Yeah, it's a thing that uh, what is this? Maybe maybe Peacemaker. I was in a Discord conversation with some people where they were talking about. Um, it's not Alan Moore, but one of those guys, um, maybe even the guy who wrote, you know, they were talking about Invincible, which uh, mm-hmm. Kirk didn't work for me. I keep I keep uh, uh, wanting to try it again. But this idea of the like the flawed super like the person with powers who's maybe an antihero or maybe 
you know, they just all become villains because power corrupts or whatever. And how so often that idea doesn't go any further, right? Like there's no, there's no interesting story to tell because the author is too busy just like using this uh, setting of corrupt uh, powered, super powered people to, uh, you know, complain about how terrible society is and it just becomes like black mirror. And you're like, yeah, okay. Like there, there could have been something, there could have been a lesson here. There could have been some, but I'm just fatigued now from again, fatigued um, Mm -hmm. from just the like incessant darkness of the setting. Um, And well, this, that's something here is this isn't dark either. Like, right. It feels like it should be, like Suicide Squad one was dark. This is not. This is like set set in Candax like Egypt, and it's all bright okay. all the time. Yeah. So well, and it's and it's Dwayne Johnson like he Dwayne Johnson. He plays that kind of goofy, kind of character now. Wh- all which the time. is which I mean, he's got a, a lot of charisma, right? A lot of spring, of screen presence. He can do those things, but here he's not supposed to. Right. He has yeah. a few lines there, but he's not supposed to be likable. And hmm. it's the kind of the whole point of the movie is that he's not he's not a likable person for reasons that are explained in the show. Um, mm-hmm. and, and if he was, then it changes. the It would change the whole point of things that are happening in the movie. Like he has to be not likable, which is like yeah. that's not the rock. It's yeah, not, yeah. you know, he's he's going to this other mean guy type spot. Um, which he doesn't ever really get like real mean either. He, he's, he fights bad guys the whole time he's fighting like a mercenary people. Um, so, and they're all like the worst kind of people. So when he, like, he throws them out the window, that's how he kills people, by the way, he'll throw them out the window, you know, like off a 30 story building. He's like, ah, and they're like, oh, they died. Stop killing them. Stuff like that. Um, so you don't see a whole lot of like crazy murder, but on the other side, all that stuff is that makes for an okay movie. The rest of it is the dialogue is just awful, just mm-hmm. terrible. A lot of the acting is like worse than CWB movie stuff. Like the acting in the arrow was Oscar worthy compared to some of this stuff. <laughs> um, th- it has, it has a, a kid in it who I can only describe as the second lead to the rock. And the kid is one of the sure. worst Kid, examples of kid actors that you could have. Oh, he, no. He's just awful. He's overbearing. You hate him every time he's on the screen. Um, and then he, he, at one point in the show, he, gives, he tries to give an inspirational speech to everyone in the city. And you're like, I want to punch this kid in the face. And everybody's sure. like, Yeah, you're the best. That's all. I'm like, Oh, I hate this movie. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's so un- unbelievably unbelievable. It's terrible. Um, so yeah, it's just anything with that, with the non superheroes, non doing non superhero stuff is, Mm -hmm. is unbelievably terrible. And I, I couldn't even recommend people to watch it unless they want to just watch those, those scenes of the, you know, cool actiony type stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, which is, you know, it only holds carriages so far, really. Um, I, I the tone I give it is Shazam, so you've seen Shazam, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's 
it's so Black Adam in this movie is gets his power from the wizards who gave Shazam his his powers. Like Shazam has right. the wizard grants him all the powers of the god the ancient gods, and a long long time ago, somehow as they explain in this show without spoilers, Shazam gets given these powers. Um, so these two characters are linked. And I have a feeling they want them to be in the same movie together at some point because right. obviously, so they have to have the same tone in of their movies. Mm. So the audiences okay. go watch this. Oh, you know, I want, I love Shazam. I also want to watch, you know, black Adam fight him. So I want to watch them together. So they, yeah. they're the same thing. Mm. They're super jokey. The kids are over the top jokey. The kids mm. in Shazam weren't terrible. They were okay. Right. Holy cow, this kid in here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's Shazam, but with a dark villain hero. Uh, yeah, so weird. Uh, DC, the problem here that you have with Black Adam, though, is DC's big problem of creating overpowered characters. Like, Super, Superman is notorious for being way overpowered with only one weakness, right? One or two weaknesses. Yep, yep. Um, and... It's very, very difficult to write him. Very, very difficult to write kind of stuff for him um, or give him a challenge. And they just make another one. Black Adam's the same thing. He's Superman, but more. Right. So you're like, there's, that's one of the things about this whole movie is there's never, ever a challenge to Black Adam. Nothing can fight him. Even the superheroes that come and fight him at the very beginning, you're like, there's no power level here that can take on Superman, basically. You know, like the Justice League just can't fight. I don't care how much Batman wants to punch him. He's not fighting Superman. Um, right. So, yeah. Anyway, I'd give it at best a five out of ten on its best times. Um, right on. Yeah. Uh, last bit on this one. The reason I went to go watch it was not just to watch it. I watched it at the, uh, the Man's Chinese Theater. It's actually called TLC Theaters or something now. Mm. But I went and saw... The Cinema 4DX experience. Have you ever heard of that? I have heard of it, yes. Uh, it's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard about it. You know, they, it's, it's a, uh, where they have sights and sound and the chairs move and you have tactile things that are pushing on your back. And it's, it's right. not. It wasn't all. I mean, it's very high tech. The whole thing was super. At first, I thought it was amazing because when lightning shoots across the, the screen, it like comes from behind you, goes across the top of the ceiling and into the screen, which that was neat. But then every time a gunshot shoots and, and it goes, pop, 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 you, someone's poking you in the back like a bunch mm. of times. And you're like, stop poking me in the back every time there's a gunshot. Yeah. That sounds like a kind of like a thing that's fun, like at Universal Studios. Yes. For five minutes. But for a, uh, I don't know if this movie was two hours long, but for a feature length film, um, could get old pretty quick. It, it was. I was. I was. I was happy with it when it starts moving, like the camera is sweeping over the city, and it starts. Your seat is moving like you're flying. Like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. Now stop it, because <laughs> mm -hmm. I want to watch this film, and it just doesn't stop. And you're like, Ugh. and then uh, an explosion will happen in front of you, and it shoots air in your face. And it, all it is is just more startling to you <laughs> than right, right. what's happening. So, That's yeah. Not, I'm glad I did it once. I won't do it again. And yeah. now I know why 
it's okay to watch to not be fully immersed in a in a movie. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um it reminds me of uh what was it? I th- I think it was an article about 3D back when you know everybody was talking about 3D like 10 years ago. Mhm. And this article was, you know, equal parts like grumpy old man but also made some really good points. Yeah. Um one of them was about because you know uh 3D was mostly in movies but it also was um you know there were implications in video game video gaming and the comparison the the author of this article uh made was to video games and motion controls right like um Nintendo started it with the Wii and then PlayStation did the Move and Xbox did the Connect um and they were all kind of this same theme, right? Where instead of just sitting and holding a controller, mm-hmm. what if you actually like moved in an approximation of whatever activity you were doing? Right. And the point this person made, it's similar to the discussion around frame rates, right? Where, um, and this is all a little bit kind of, uh, like, like pop psychology kind of thing. Um, but the idea that people don't want their entertainment to be super realistic, right? There's a reason right. we use the expression suspension of disbelief. It's right. not that you believe. It's not that you believe the things you're seeing on screen are real. You're you're suspending. You're pausing the part of your brain that disbelieves, right? That, that recognizes that it's fake. Right. Um, so that you can escape and enjoy some entertainment. And it's a different, it's like reading a book and using your imagination, but a whole different set of neural processes, probably. Um, to where, uh, you know, people don't want to have to have all of the same, like, muscle action and interaction of throwing a football when they're playing Madden. They right. want to sit. And put push some buttons and relax and get a little bit of the, and it's the same thing with movies. They don't want the movies to look real; they want them to look like movies. Um, anyway, that's no, to- to- totally, and that and that's that's kind of like this is that like when when like I said I mentioned they're shooting right and I the, mm-hmm. the, the pushing the back. I I know they're going da, 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 and there's explosions on the ground of the bullets, but like I don't want to be the one being shot or. I don't want to be being shot at. I just want to watch the hero or villain or whatever being shot at and what they're going through. Right. It's, it's not a first person thing. They've actually had a couple <laughs> shows. There was a show called like Henry hardcore. Henry was a movie. I think it was a first person movie type stuff okay. um, where you, it was all action and you were watching out of somebody's eyes or something. Um, hmm. And that was very just disconcerting because you were, different you don't want to be, be the person right you want to actually be watch what's happening in the story and the people and I, I like you said like escapism is the is the goal here not immersion in that way so yeah it it was not not all that great and i'm glad i i did it i won't do it again you know you gotta have that experience i i did the same thing i went to disneyland this time and i won't bore anybody with that thing but i was also not as enchanted with disneyland as i was disney world so that'd be a surprise for some people who know I'm such a big fan. But 
was not, uh, I'm glad I did it once, but, you know, wouldn't go back type thing. Sure, uh, that, oh. that doesn't surprise me, but. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, this, best way I was trying to describe it to Shell in a short description was Disney World feels like it's the size of the world. And Disneyland feels like it's the size of Chicago or Indianapolis. Like it's sure. just all small. It's all there. It's got a lot of stuff, but it's all just very, you can get to it real easy and quick and small and everybody's compacted in this one little space. Yeah. Did, I mean, that's did, the, that's the park that I've been to and the little that I know of, um, the history, right? Like the Anaheim park was the original. Yeah. Right. right. He, it does. Yeah. Walt bought this land and created this park and he had this idea, like it still has some of the, like, um, it's not really a first draft, right? But I could see how you'd think of it that way. Oh, it's it like, definitely feels that he, way. Yeah. He had this little bit of space and he still did some of the things where like you can't really see the different lands from the like this is frontier land, this is tomorrowland, this is um whatever. Like you still can't see, like you're still immersed in the space. like you can see Space Mountain from everywhere, but it's a mountain. Um but I've never been to the Florida park, but I know that it is huge. It's massive. And right. so I can see, and I've seen some video, some of the RVers that I, that I follow on YouTube sometimes go there and I'm like, yeah, it looks like, looks like a huge place. I don't, none of it's for me, so I don't have strong opinions. Um, on, yeah. It's, on one versus the other. It, I, I, the, the walk is, there's a lot more walking obviously in, in the big thing. That's kind of something big, but, you just feel like each exhibit or area is is a its own little place, right? But I was standing in line for the Haunted Mansion, and I'm looking to my left. The line goes right in front and around the, the train ride, and then right behind it's the Pirates of the Caribbean. You're like 30 feet behind you is that, and everything's everything's right there. You're watching the Tom Sawyer across the, the road from where you're standing in line. It, it's just because the, the lines are so big and because everybody's so crowded there's lines touching lines touching lines it just feels like seas of people waiting in line um and they have all the stuff you're getting you're not you're not missing out i mean you kind of there's more stuff at disney world but you're getting a really good pirates of the caribbean ride you are getting the full haunted mansion ride you are getting the things they, they put in there it's good but it's just a different mm -hmm. experience and and disney world just feels well lack of a better term bigger you know, it feels more grand that you're going on a huge world of adventure in this place, not like a fairground where they've got all the fair rides right next to each other. Sure. Um, and it does make, does make, it, it makes me admire Walt Disney more because he made this cool, like amusement park and then was like, okay, but I really want to do a real thing. And they never got to really see the, the full fruition of Disney world, which is like, ah, it's, it's too bad. Cause you know, you had a great idea, man, and you really ran with it, and it really ended up coming out well. You just never got to see the what you did. So, yeah. I, uh, another weird thing about Disneyland is that it's right in the middle of the city. It wasn't before, but it is now. Anaheim's all around it. Right, right. And you, when you go to Disney World, you're pretty much locked in there unless you bring your own food, like in a cooler or a backpack or something. You... uh it's expensive to buy there, but in, in Disneyland, you just leave the park, walk across the street and there's a Denny's right there. Mm -hmm. 
It's yeah, like, yeah. I mean, not even kidding. Denny's is right across the street. Um, so I don't know why people would eat in the park. It's for a ridiculous amounts of money, but it's funny that there's houses and people just walking around next to Disney. Right, right. Yeah. Hey, um, let's move on for, to like from there into some movies or game stuff. What do you say? <laughs> sure, sure. Some more fun uh, things. So let's see. We, as usual, have our whole list of shows um, from Rings of Power, House of the Dragon, Andor, Lower Decks. Um, where are we at on those? I just finished Andor today, so we could talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about Andor. Now, it's not finished, right? We, we're fin- caught up. Is that where we're, we're both at, I think, right? Yeah, caught up. I've seen all seven episodes. Yeah. Um, let's, of of um, 12, I believe, that they're going to have this. In oh, they're going to be 12. I, I thought it, would, like, it seemed like the story was kind of wrapping up. and then It did. Ep- it did. Episode seven is this kind of denouement where you get all these, these sort of wrap-ups, but then a lot of stuff is really just setting like i thought it was just oh here's some stuff and this is gonna be you know a mystery gap between here and and rogue one Mm -hmm. um but apparently it's not so uh i'm gonna hit the bell here so that we don't spoil it yeah we are gonna talk about uh the disney plus streaming series Andor episodes one through seven so if you haven't watched those and don't want to get spoiled in any details skip ahead so so this is a two season project like it's like obi-wan is one like one season right right, right. And, and and it told its story and this has a story as well and it's two seasons 12 episodes a piece so the the whole story is 24 episodes and if you think we're at seven we're in we just finished the first act so the first, that the makes first, like third. Yeah, the first. So act is of it, the thing. When are the next five episodes coming out? Every, every Wednesday, they're still they're still coming out every Wednesday. Oh, so I'm just caught up to this point. Correct. I don't know why I thought it was over. It, it feels it, that way. It feels because yeah. the fir- when the the first act of the of the whole show is a feels like a complete act because they do this the the, the heist right. Um, yes. and that's the the start of it. But the thing that confused me because I did I didn't look it up before, just like you, and I thought that this was the last one of this of this season. Um, and I was like, oh, is there more of the season? But then it it went on, it kept going on, and there was a I realized there's a whole bunch of threads not resolved. Like they they do kind of complete where you could say they start the rebellion, right? There's the whole Coruscant stuff. Yeah, but not really. Mon Mothma still has a lot of stuff happening. Uh, there's the other guy, which is, um, I love that actor. I can't think of his name. Um, Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Yeah. Fantastic. Right. And he's fantastic in this. And I, I want to learn more about him and he just started. There's the guy you referred to as Simon Tam type character. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, he just gets fired and then isn't living a miserable life right now. And it, and that's not over. Right. Uh, I don't know that I'd call him a Simon Tam character. He, he looks, looks like, like, he looks like Simon Tam. The actor right. looks like. Right. So there's that, and then there was one more thread in here um, that they don't. Well, his his guardian. I don't know if that's his mom. Yeah, he calls her his mom, right? Her mother or something like that. Well, yeah, she took him in. We saw that in a flashback. I don't know. I'm... Yeah, she, she she took him in, like and, yeah, like a lot of Star Wars stuff that's not uh, that's not Mandalorian. I kind of 
I watched a lot of it and also kind of multitasked through some of it because a lot of it was real dialogue heavy. I'm yeah, like, oh, I does. could just, I could just, and so there are parts of it that uh, are a little fuzzy in my memory. But yeah, he, um, th- this takes yeah. you from, it's supposed to take you from where we started to right, it's supposed to lead right into Rogue One. So we, we mm-hmm. get Endor where he's come up to the point where we meet him in Rogue One. Um, and he, at that point, he is the head of the spy agency for the rebellion. And Mon Mothma's right. in there in Rogue One. Uh, so she's going to be in this one. I actually, so now talking about the, the show, actually, I, I'm really liking it because I really like Rogue One. And it just feels very Rogue One y to me. Sure. And I love the Mon Mothma stuff. Um, it really feels like there's a threat of things happening. Oh, I know the other thread was the security force, the lady with the Imperial security force. Well, yeah. In the, in the last episode, there are, there are several, I mean, you mentioned Mon Mothma, um, Andor's uh, Cassian's um, guardian. There's Cassian himself with his, his uh, story that happens to him at the end of episode seven. Um, There's, uh, um, I forget her name. The Bix lady, no, not Bix. The lady who was leading the the group with the heist. Oh yeah, oh yeah, her story. Yeah, I can't remember her name, um, but I know you're about yeah. She meets up with somebody who looks like she kind of looks a little bit like Princess Leia. Oh right. Oh that's oh that lady is. It took me a second to recognize her. That is the art dealer guy, the Scars Guards assistant. Oh, of course. She's just, she's not, she's off work and has got her hair down. Yeah. So, so that took me a minute. And she, and if you go watch, rewatch that short scene, she's talking like that lady was supposed to meet the art dealer guy. And this girl showed up instead and was like, he doesn't want to see you anymore or et cetera, et cetera. Like loose ends tie up with Cassian and et cetera. So I don't know if he actually wants to, you know, kill um, Cassian or this girl's trying to get him to kill Cassian, but uh, it was a little yeah. bit of a curveball. So anyway, yeah, it, it's, it, it's one of those two. It's turning it into Act Two now that'll that'll happen. So but yeah, I, I think the acting's good. The writing's real good. It's very. There's a lot of stuff, like history. Maybe I don't know what's the word for it. Like you, I never know about the Imperial security forces and how their work and their inner workings of stuff like that and. Um, some of the, you know, like people living in oppressive, you know, areas of the Imperial, Imperial coming down on them all the time. Just, a feels yeah, like a very there's a lot story. of, um, there's not a lot of politics, but there's a decent amount of politics. There's a lot of world building. World um, building. That's what, that's what I'm thinking of. I like the idea of, um, you know, cause it, it and, and really it's all. It's all in the seventh episode, which happens to be the last one that I saw. And I talked about it in our in our Discord because I thought it was done. I was like, oh, that was cool. Like, it did the thing and the heist, and now there's yeah. this wrap-up and and stuff, and, and, and now it's done. But they set up this, like, oh, they robbed the Empire, right? They stole all these credits, and so now yeah. they have these resources. And the Emperor, the Empire, responds... Um, in force, right? They're going right. to they're going to double taxes and they're going to, you know, reevaluate all the criminal uh, uh sentencing and they're going to do all this stuff and you're like, 
oh man, you know, for me, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, oh, the the common people are going to turn against the rebels, right? That's right. the sort of yeah. uh, conflict. We saw that. Where did we see that? Oh, I'm thinking of Final Fantasy XIV, um, <laughs> where you're like, oh, there are these people and they're the rebellion because um, in that case, it was the Garlean Empire, but it's a similar thing. Like, there are common people living under an oppressive regime mm-hmm. and a group of rebels. They're like, if you help us, we can we can fight them. And the common people are like, no, we're not going to do that. Like we're farmers with yeah. That's with very much like Hunger and, Games. Hunger Games and shovels and and they have power armor and guns and whatever all these things. And if you fight them, like not only are we not going to help you, we're going to try and stop you because if you piss them off, they're going to come down on us. They're going right. to you know take our fathers away or they're just going to shoot us um because that you know they have all the power and so that was my thought i'm like oh they're gonna you know this is gonna gonna be be bad for for the the, rebels right yeah for the rebels because everybody's gonna be against them but you see skarsgård or somebody in one of those scenes and i forget his character's name i think (laughs) i gotta figure out his name right um or like oh this is good that's when mothma freaks out she's like oh my god it's people are gonna suffer right right and and that's i forget who I don't know. I've, I've watched a lot of things. I think it's that where they're like, um, you know, you're just stating facts. Like you're not doing whatever point you're trying to make. You're just stating facts that are already true. Like it has nothing to do with this, this argument that we're having, but their, um, whichever character that was his whole point was now that we have, um, angered Palpatine, He's going to show his true colors, right? He, the right. empire is going to become more evil. People are going to become less able to ignore it. Um, the line says, uh, "The empire has been strangling us so slowly we didn't notice." Oh, I love so that we, line. We stopped yeah. noticing. It's something like that. I think I'm butchering the quote, but it's something like that. It's like the boiling a frog metaphor that people use. Yeah, um, you're right. And it's like you know now they're gonna crack down now they're gonna bring the heel down the boot down and and they're gonna make more people angry like yes in the short term people are gonna suffer but people were already suffering so right th- we're we're accelerating the timetable here so that we can get more support because m- they're gonna piss more people off um, yeah they're, they're, it's just gonna be yeah what, what, the, what the name of the episode was like the announcement it was like mm-hmm. they they I like that the imperial security lady knew immediately what it was right she's like oh yeah. this this is this is announcement this is like a the biggest recruiting tool or or what is it to say that there is a, a way to fight back against these people and we're just making it worse right by by well, doing playing, that like, playing right into their hands yeah so that that kind of subtlety and I don't know if subtlety is the right word, but that idea is a better story than what we had in like the prequels where they're trying, where Lucas was trying to beat you over the head with politics and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and this is, this has politics in it, but it's just all kind of like, it, it feels mature, right? Like when, yeah. when she's at, there's a scene when Mount Mothma is at her dinner party and she lets her old friend know about the rebellion and and recruits him. And you can just feel 
in the way the acting and the writing and the directing is all done, that it's a very tense and kind of dangerous moment for her. Mm -hmm. Right. And they just, there's a lot of context and subtle things that they say without saying what they're actually saying. And he looked the the other actor uh, that's opposite her is like, you can see it in his face where he is realizing what she's saying that she's starting this rebellion and he's like, oh, my gosh, you know, this is crazy without being stunned in the middle of a crowd of people. And right. I thought it was I thought that is the whole all those actors on Coruscant are just so good. Like, I, I want more of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm really enjoying that series. You know, I, I really honestly of all these things that are coming out. I thought it was going to be just meh. And I don't really right. care about Cassie and Andor. But I do. <coughs> I do. It's it's kind of cool. I I the Diego Luna said, you know, I want to know where this guy came from. He said there was a line that that Cassian says in Rogue One where he's been in the. Some of us have been in this fight since we were six years old, and he's like, I want to know how he got from six years old to here to be a fighter in the rebellion. Yeah, and and that's the story. So, yeah, I like it. It's cool, cool stuff. Uh, what yep, else do we have sure. today? I, you want to talk about our movie as we're yeah going? yeah let's do it. All right, this week we watched the TV special Werewolf by Night. It's a uh, Disney Marvel, mm-hmm. um, an hour long, featuring mostly people you may have seen, but probably not. But probably um, not, right? Uh, it's short, right? I'm pr- I'm probably saying that wrong, but Gail Garcia Bernal was in a movie called Motorcycle Diaries, which I coincidentally just had recommended to me on Discord a couple days ago. Oh, um, and Laura Donnelly looked familiar to me too, and she's been in a bunch of she stuff. She does but look familiar. That's the main lady, right? Yeah, not stuff that I would have necessarily seen her in. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I I thought she looked familiar, but I hadn't seen her before. Uh, this was, this was I didn't expect it to be short this short when I first started watching it. I was like, mm. you know, it, it. I thought there was it moved so quickly, and I I didn't know that it was going to end as quickly as it did. And then when it ended, I thought, oh, this is the first act or the first thing, but mm-hmm. it was over. Which after that first kind of stunning thing, I was like, okay, that's cool. I'm I'm very happy with it being just that. Yeah, it. I knew that it was short before I started watching it um, because I looked at the runtime and it's like 58 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there was a point where I was like, I was like, maybe I want some popcorn. And, <laughs> you know, I tapped my mouse to see the scrub bar and it's like 36 minutes left. And I'm like, well, there's no point now. It's practically <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, you just got to. And it does. Like, they don't waste any time with plot things that are happening you know characters die another character dies come on the screen it's a big fight character dies you're like woof you know didn't have time to develop that which is which is fine it it never it's not trying to be big yeah you definitely get for for the runtime it has you get all the information you need yeah right? right you don't get elaborate backstories on all the other hunters right you get enough backstory on the scottish guy mm-hmm. and so when you know i saw him fighting the first time i'm like well he's not gonna die he's had too many lines 
Like, there are all of these other ones who are going to die first. Because they don't say anything. Because right? yeah. they don't say anything. Um, he does still die fairly early. But, <laughs> I say he's the um, first one, isn't he? Like, or the second one. He's the second one. I think, I think second one. Yeah. Um, do we want to do spoilers for this? Yeah, sure, yeah. We probably should, even though we've already... Uh, <laughs> we already said, like, he dies, he's dead. All right, right I'm going to hit the bell. We're going to talk about the plot of Werewolf by Night in detail. So if you don't want to get spoiled on that, go ahead and skip ahead for final thoughts. Um, Yeah, there was a point, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes into the movie where I was like, I've not seen any werewolves. Where's (laughs) the, like, it's werewolf in the title, but these are all, like, monster hunters. And this is an interesting, like, if you've seen the trailer, which... Hopefully, if you're still listening, you've already seen the whole movie. Yeah. But the trailer gives you a very good indication of the the style of this movie. I don't even I, I, I want, almost wanted to say the word vibe, but it's it's not. It's the whole style. It's it's very like what 30s, 40s. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, I'm sure there's a so. proper term for the style of this. It's not noir, but it's very like 30s, 40s style horror movie. Yeah, that's 100% what they're going for. I mean, it's not even... Um, very, like... Like, nothing in it is low budget, but there are definitely things, like, when she's using the fire Firestone? Um, bloodstone. Bloodstone. Uh, when she's using the Bloodstone to, to zap him, like, it's a very, like, cheap special effect. Because when it started, when the movie started, I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like, they're using this old style, the way that movies were made. And movies made back then was not intentional. I mean, yeah, right. yes, there was intentionality to, like, the tone, the setting, the music, the lighting, and all that stuff. But there were limitations on the of the technology. There were, yeah, of course. Whatever. Right. The, the, I didn't say that right. But, um, you know, they didn't have color film. That's why it was black and white. They didn't choose to shoot in black and white. Right. Uh, as as soon as they could, they switched to shooting in color. Um but this movie was in black and white, very like direct kind of harsh lighting, very like like intentional sets, but even still the sets you were like this is um um you know, it's it's designed to look like a cheap set, even though I can tell it's not a cheap set. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the weird, acting is is intentionally made to be like the acting back then. Right. A little right. a little over the top, like not not to the extent that most movies were like in the 30s, just coming out of the silent era, but a little over the top, a little exaggerated. Yeah. When, when um, she screams like she's trapped in that cage and she the camera just like stares on her while he's changing she does this mm-hmm. overblown kind of old scream like the right. actresses used to do and I, and you, she's just putting her hands like, over her face and i'm like like this into is, yeah. into the 60s and of course that scene you're describing is perfect so the, that's where i was going with this early on in the movie i was like oh it's interesting they're gonna do this like old style but now we have modern visual effects so it's gonna be like you know really whatever and then you get to the the culmination the climax when he actually transforms and it's not that at all yeah like 
It's the just like the old show, old movies, the, right? The scene, the scene you're describing with her screaming, is how some of those movies portrayed a transformation like this, up to like, um, that Michael Jackson movie where he turned into a car. <laughs> yeah, you, I I never really saw it because I wasn't allowed to watch MTV. But <laughs> I'm thinking of that exact thing where you're like, oh, we don't have like there at that time. There are just a couple of options. Right. You could do a lot of makeup and prosthetics in stop motion. Right. A series of like plastic melting faces and that kind of stuff. Or you could do stop motion models like um, that Aladdin Alibaba. Uh, what's that movie called? You know, the one I'm talking about where he's fighting skeletons. Um. It's it's an old classic, um, or like King Kong, right? Like oh, sure. early King yeah. Kong movies, yes. where yeah. it's clearly it's all stop motion. He's beating his chest. It's cl- claymation, that kind of stuff. Or they would do this shadow play, where you you know all you need then are a bunch of you know paper cut silhouettes or something probably, right? And you just flash them by a strobe light, and now you've got this, and I mean, it's animation, right? That's how, or or projection film. That's how movie, that's how movies work. Yeah. Um, and so you set this up and she's there like, you know, huddling and, and screaming and all that so that we can see this shadow of him transforming into a werewolf, right? So we don't see the like growing hands and the rip. We see a little bit of that. And then this whole shadow thing. And I was like, wow, that's a, that is a bold creative choice. I, I right? agree. A lot, a like, lot of that stuff was the bold creative, just same way. No. It's like, we're going to do this thing and we're going to have fun with it. Everybody involved is having fun with it. And all the way to seeing him as the actual werewolf. And I'm like, now I don't, I think I've said before, I don't have a lot of, experience uh uh, history with horror movies right i went through a little bit of a phase late in high school early in college where i watched some of the either very popular or new at the time stuff like scream and um i know what you did last summer some of that stuff but most of the old campy stuff i've never seen um but later in my late 20s and 30s i watched newer stuff like true blood or bitten, mm-hmm. or I don't know, a little tiny bit of Twilight by accident once. Um, <laughs> and so, in my mind, a werewolf is a person who turns into a giant wolf because that's <laughs> right. how it works in Twilight and in True Blood and in Bitten. Bitten is all about uh, uh, werewolves. And so, I don't really know what I was expecting. Maybe something closer to Teen Wolf. But he sure. has a kind of monster face. Like a face, like a human face with a little bit of a wolf nose and fangs. Like he doesn't even really have a snout. And he's wearing pants. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, he's jumping around and it's dark and there's a lot of like flashing stuff. whatever. But I was like, is he wearing pants? Like, okay, he's a, he's not really, he's not a wolf. He's a wolf man. Right. And he, you know, he's huge and hairy and has fangs and claws and all this stuff. 
but he's still wearing pants. <laughs> he's and still like, wearing pants, right? I, I spotted that, and I was like, okay. Yeah, like, obviously, I, knew, I mean, I described the whole thing with the shadow. But the pants thing is another, like, very intentional creative choice. I'm like, back 100 years ago, really, <laughs> yeah. you know, 80, 90, 100 years ago. Yeah, sure. They made these movies, and that's what they did. They couldn't have a wolf. They couldn't. Ha- they obviously couldn't have a real wolf. And, and this was the best makeup have, they could think of, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, they couldn't even do the, like, Planet of the Apes, the old Andy McDowell, not Andy McDowell, Roddy McDowell, um, Planet of the Apes thing where they've got a, a prosthetic monkey snout on their on their head, on their mouth, on their face. <laughs> right. Um and so they're like, put a guy in a suit, a furry suit, and, you know, glue whatever. So they probably didn't even really have, like, latex rubber kind of stuff. Um, you know, glue a bunch of f- fake fur. It was probably real fur. <laughs> right. And, and you know, some some fake teeth, plaster teeth or wood or whatever. And now he was a wolf, right? He was a wolf man. Wolfman, um, right. Like the where Wolfman and if, came from, so like that. And and I guess he's wearing pants because that's cheaper than making the whole pants out of fur too. Or sometimes they did, right? Like Godzilla was a suit with the with the legs and stuff. I mean, that's part of the part of the lore of Godzilla is part of the reason that he sort of shambled through the city, like knocking stuff over. It's the suit was so dang heavy that he couldn't move any faster than that. <laughs> right. Um and yeah, so it was just, um, I think, I don't, do you have anything to say before? We I, no, I, I was going to say, I, I agree with that. I agree with, I mean, that's the, it's the best way to, to say that it was the, the choices that they made were very intentional. Um, I, it's hard to not echo exactly what you'd said with the, the girl and the, the thing and the, the makeup and the guy in pants and, um, the, the chintzy jewels and in the, um, the, was it the dead guy in the casket was you know you can easily just say that like oh it's it's cheap or it's intentional it was all very very intentional to do it that way and um for for reasons of someone who just loved those you can tell like the director loved those those shows um mm-hmm. and then some some of the cool even cooler parts is when it wasn't that there's not a lot but here and there they would do like cool weapons or something you're like oh that's mm-hmm. not not old school that's new school almost right so there was occasional little things that they peppered in here that's new uh what's yeah the... nothing nothing legitimately low budget would look like this yes yes like like the monster right i can't think of the, the monster's name um ted. ted right like ted ted was a cgi monster right mm-hmm. and was like a big thing Whereas the animal, where the wolf guy was, like, goofy looking. Not goofy looking, but intentionally like that, right? Yeah. Uh, goofy's not the right word. Um, so th- they had that. And then I, I loved the use of red for the bloodstone. Like, that's another one of those things I like in black and white movies when they'll do one thing in color. Um, oh, my gosh. I don't, I don't think I even noticed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's like, like the whole thing. You're telling me now, and I'm like, oh, because, of course, there's a 
thing that they do the Wizard of Oz at the end where yeah, that was my next thing. I love the Wizard of Oz thing when they're playing that song and somewhere over the rainbow and then it goes to color and like that's so perfect. You know, I think I think I was so immersed in the story and the aesthetic of all of it that when the the stone was red, I think I just recognize it's like when when people say when people talk about how red the blood is in Psycho. Yeah. And you're like, Psycho is in black and white. Like how like your brain, it's like an optical illusion where people's brains just filled in like, yeah, this is blood. It's dark. It's so red, even yeah. though the image is black and white. hundred percent. And, and they, they did that in this one perfectly with that same, same way. Um, and I, I thought that was, it was just beautiful is the right word. It's the, the, the red on, on the screen with this one magical thing. So you're watching an old forties, thirties, forties horror movie, but you're not. And that's, that's, I think that's really key is that you're not, you're actually watching a modern movie with the aesthetics of this old stuff. And then at the end it goes into, to like normal stuff. So I hear that this is one way that Marvel, Kevin Feige is considering bringing horror stuff into Marvel. Like this character is part of the MCU. So, right. it, and, and and Ted is and things like that. So if they ever do like a Blade movie where he's a vampire hunter, he's just one of these hunters that we've already seen these outlandish hunter people, right? So Blade could be one of those. And mm. and it would fit in this world perfectly, right? Right. Um, or if they had a swamp thing, he could fit with Ted very easily. Um. And like, oh, so you, if you make these genres, then you can take other characters that you're like, how does that fit in with Captain America? Well, they don't. They're in the same world, but they don't ever interact, right? Like they're in the swamp in Louisiana or something. Um, yeah. So, and, and that's kind of how this is too. It's like there's other characters that are in that realm of comic booky stuff that can fit in here in this way. And they, and they, they make this this show have little touches of that here and there, and I appreciated the subtlety of it, the, the the ending part where you know turns into like a looks like a real world, right, in color, mm-hmm. um, and you're no longer in the 30s and 40s. You're like that's that's really cool. So yeah, short movie. I loved it. I loved how intentional it was, and a lot of that was how short it was. Sure. Um, I love how you said all the dialogue was quick he gave you concise what you need to know and that's it um yep a lot of the the, the other hunters just were exciting that you kind of want to know everything about them but the fact that you don't know anything about them is cool and i'm saying this and i know that earlier on in this this podcast i mentioned how the justice society didn't did that and it was terrible in this mm-hmm. one they it's like you want to know more um but that's not they're not the point of the whole the whole movie right these these hunters are only extra characters in black adam the justice society are main characters so and you never get any kind of development um and this one you don't need development because they're only secondary characters but they're cool so yeah i liked it i was really surprised i know our buddy uh chris cat and chris has uh he actually read the old comic books of this character so that's neat that he gets to see these things, yeah. um, this kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I don't want another one, 
but I would watch specials <laughs> like that. I would watch, mm. you know, those cool specials that are one hour long. Cool. Mm. You give a director a cool thing to do and they make sure. it, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, Hey, so what do we have next week? It's your time. We got one more week before Halloween. Now, technically next Monday is Halloween, but TBD, if we're going to record on Monday or not. Um, okay. So what do you think? Um, one more Halloween well, show. I, you got something? I, I pulled a bit of an audible here. Um, that's a football expression. Um, <laughs> For all you non-football people. Uh, American football, not association football. Um, I had on our list uh, Young Frankenstein and also a movie called The Past. Neither of those are great picks. Okay. Um, we are still going to watch The Past. I think I'll probably shelve Young Frankenstein because we've both seen it several yeah. times and it's mel brooks like it's a it's a specific kind of thing um I like so i'm gonna save that i i i asked our buddy fox for some some recommendations and he said that the new scream movie was good and i know that we watched the first one mm. i saw the second and third ones years ago when they were relatively new um the uh rotten tomato scores for the annoyingly named scream <laughs> uh, scream for 2022 uh are not bad uh so we're gonna we're gonna try that w- watch it is it nev campbell is that is she in this one yep. is that that, that yep. person nev, nev campbell i see her on the poster i see david arquette courtney cox courtney cox although not not to be mean but she doesn't look like the courtney cox that i remember anymore <laughs> She's... well i mean we saw the original none of these people are going to look like they did 30 years ago well yeah 30 yes years ago. but not not just age i think you know she she's had some work done on it looks of a course. lot different so yeah. <laughs> um but yeah okay school scream all right all right i'll, I'll watch that he said i we liked the first one you know yeah, kinda yeah. Set, up, a, set up a lot of stuff meta camp not really campy but like meta campy uh kind of thing so yeah and so, our one last these... uh one last spooktober uh, uh, movie <laughs> so, some of these um can can be pretty good I, th- I think there was one that we watched not too long ago that i thought was a a remake of a or a continuation stuff maybe it was one of the nightmare on elm street ones that was pretty good um hmm. and i was always like how can they remake these good and the new what's the uh, there's another one mike myers i've never watched a, we watched halloween i think for the the poster um that's right and I didn't quite get it why everybody liked it very much, but you know, it, we go back to the episode and watch what we thought about that one. Um, but it's had a resurgence too, and I mm. guess they're they're making the final one or releasing the final one now. Um, yeah, who knows? Cool. All right, what do we got here? Uh, well, we're cutting cutting it close, but um, we could we could just briefly talk about this um, uh, Ant Man trailer. Yeah, I liked it. It's cool. I, I don't know. I never know what to expect with it from Ant Man. Always, sure. I just always assume it's going to be goofy, and this looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, got, it's a big. It's, got um, it. it's a little bit like um, reminds me of the Mean Girls fetch thing. Like, uh, it alongside all of the multiverse stuff Marvel seems to be doing. Mm-hmm. They're they're now out of nowhere bringing not I'm sure not out of nowhere but feels like out of nowhere bringing back this quantum realm stuff, which right. 
was a surprise to me. Like, I didn't spend a ton of time theory crafting between Infinity War and Endgame, but I did not see Quantum Realm time travel uh, coming. <laughs> right, same, that's true. A major element in, uh, in Endgame. If you had asked me, uh, is Ant-Man going to be super important in Endgame? <laughs> right. I would not have uh I would not have anticipated that. Um and there's a lot going on. There's a lot of visuals. There's a freaking Bill Murray in in one scene. That right, uh, did you see that? Is what? There's Bill Murray. <laughs> there's Bill Murray uh doing something. And uh and of course Kang uh who is it Kang the Conqueror? Yep, Kang the we Conqueror. Saw, we saw him at the end of not one. Loki. Of Loki, that's right. He he's the like he's got a name. I can't really think of it. He's like the the man who at the end of time or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's Remember? right. Yeah. He was the one that was like the head of all this stuff and knew everything and had lived and he'd stopped. He no, he was in charge. He was the one that made the sacred timeline. Remember? That's right. And and then he was he was he'd lived forever and was tired of immortality. Um and he wanted Loki to take over. For him. Right. Um, but then female Loki killed him instead and mm-hmm. let the multiverse go crazy. Um, and he had warned that the reason that he had the sacred timeline is that other versions of him created a multiversal war because some were really good and worked together. Others were incredibly terrible and evil and waged war. So... This is likely one of the multiversal Kangs that it lives in the quantum realm. Is, right. is what this is supposed to be. The, the interesting thing about this Kang is that he's comic book accurate. Which, if you Google Kang the Conqueror, he looks really weird and goofy. He's purple, green, with this weird mask thing. And then they show him here, and he just looks exactly like the comic book. But he's in the quantum realm. He can look goofy. But sure. still cool. Um his his name John Majors is the actor thing. He's really good. Um. So yeah, look, it lo- looks cool. I it's got Paul Rudd in it. We like Paul Rudd. He's I love the Spider Man joke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, thanks a lot, Spider Man. He's like, ah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Wait, there's a Spider Man and an Ant Man and an Ant Man. Yeah, that uh, it's it's nice to see Cassie's gonna. They've got an, a third actress to play Cassie. Oh, it's not, okay. I, did, it's not I didn't the same notice one. that, but yeah, it's not the same one that was in Endgame. Obviously, not the little girl that was in the other Ant Man movies. Um, this Cassie is going to be the actress for a while because, sure. more than likely, she, we saw her. She had a suit on. Cassie mm-hmm. does get to be. They call her name Stature in the comic books. She grows big like her dad. Wears her her dad's suit. So likely, she will join with Ms. Marvel. Because they're friends. Okay, sure, sure. And they will join with also with Miles Morales, which they'll have introduced at some point. Right. Um, and some other people to be... Um, there is... If you remember in Falcon and Winter Soldier, he goes and visits one of the original test subjects for the super soldier serum, uh, an African-American guy. And his grandson is there um, in that scene. And that guy is is called the Patriot, and he also will be with Kamala Khan and Cassie Lang. So we're just seeing... Are they... What are they called? Are those Teen Titans, or is that DC? That's DC. 
Okay. They're called the Champions, is what they're called. Um, okay. Or Young Avengers is another one that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate Bishop is one of them. Hawkeye. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're, it's all these characters that are... Uh, another one is Hulkling, which is... Oh, okay. We've seen more of them. Hulkling is a squirrel. So we're going to come up with a, a movie here pretty soon with Samuel L. Jackson called Secret Invasion, and that's got scrolls in it. So right, I'm guessing we'll right. see a scroll kid. Um, and the other ones are um, Tommy and it's the two sons from WandaVision. Oh, right, right, right. They're, they're in the Young Avengers, too. So we're with Cassie. Now we see her in this trailer in uh, suited up. Um we're we're I mean how how they're not going to announce a Young Avengers movie on the slate is you know a no brainer they'll they'll have that soon so this is kind of good you know we talked about how DC just throws their movies together and then go back later and tells the origin stories here they're organically telling the stories of these kids that will get together and have their own show at some point right and that's the right way to do it. Wow, well, we did a lot today. I'm more than I thought we we get through. So, what do we got <laughs> next week? What, what do you want to do? We want to watch the rest of. We got. I got to finish Ring of Power because you've watched it all. Yeah, yeah. You got to finish it before I forget all the yes. terrible writing in that. <laughs> right. So I, I I have to hit that one. Uh, I, I I'm catching up on House of Dragon. Have you finished that? Is it over? It's got one more episode right coming out. I think there might be one. I thought that it was no. The the last episode was kind of a cliffhanger. There could have been. Excuse me. Could have been a season uh, uh, finale, but I think there's one more. There's one more. Okay, so I'm on seven of twelve. I think of that one, and there's eleven or something out. So, um, but but I'm enjoying that one enough. So that, that's not too hard to get into. Um, Ring of Power is harder to get into because it's not as enjoyable writing, like you said. Yes. Um, but I finished that one. I did watch some more Lower Decks. Uh, a couple things we've got. Man, I still... I told you week after week I'm going to watch that Quantum Leap, and I still can't get myself to... I watched two episodes. I don't think it's very good. Uh, you, it's, is that okay? Your, your first one was of, very middling. Anyway. Yeah, I, ne- I never saw the original. Maybe there's a lot of callbacks and stuff to that, but it feels very, like, just network TV. Not not great acting, not great yeah. writing. Um, I'm sure some people out there are enjoying it but i have too much to watch to to, to to care about that one yeah exactly speaking of too much to watch uh i saw that on our sheet here that you watched uh, an episode of avenue five season two yep that's back it which which is uh, one of our weird shows that you and i both like in a weird way yeah 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 like it's almost embarrassing to admit that i like that show and i don't know why because it's i can't say that it's good but I really like it, and I'm glad there's a second season. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird kind of like, almost like a high budget sitcom, in a way. Right, and and it's not always funny though. Like a lot right. of the jokes don't right. land. Don't land. Yeah, <laughs> but I still enjoy it. Maybe because I'm always like, these characters are just so terrible. I just got to keep watching, like a like a train wreck. You know, mm-hmm. you just got to keep watching i remember once one time in the first season didn't they like let their toilet like thing go out the the ship and it starts yeah, circling their, in orbit their tanks their tanks dumped and then i don't remember if they resolved that in season one but i've not seen it at least in the first episode has not come back up 
I don't think they ever two. did in the second, in the first season. They were just like, now we've got this orbiting ring around our ship. Yeah. So yeah. Dumb. And I, I think they're also playing very fast and loose with the, the rules of space travel as well. <laughs> yeah, for, for a show that like the whole thing kind of hinges on the realistic, uh, rules of space travel. They, they do a funny bit. There's a little bit of a spoiler, but in the first episode, um, they managed to fix the communications delay. Yeah. And of course they do it with, they do it with AI, right? Like the, the computer, the AI predicts what a person is going to say. By <laughs> That's okay. Scanning, scanning all of their social media or whatever. And then people can have a normal conversation, which I assume is like the writers were like, oh, I know this is a thing, but this is getting tired as a gag and <laughs> but we can't just do what can we do we need to we need to dream up and then like all this ai stuff started happening and they're like oh here's an idea what if it's just predictive we can make some gags with it and then eventually the characters are just going to be talking i mean i assume that it's <laughs> going to come back to cause other gags where the the predictive ai says something that's not what the person is about to say yeah um but I this that, that sounds right. That sounds awesome. Like I want to. I want to yeah. watch that. Just that bit. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty good. Oh, okay, cool. So n- now I'm excited. I, you know what? All these shows. I love. I dig a lot of the cool shows that are out here that that we're watching. But it's nice to have a comedy in in the mix. Sure. Uh, it's Some, like to have like lower decks here and there and something like a little that. light, a little dumb. Yeah. Um, that I can watch. And uh, thankfully, I'm still watching Archer because there's like 700 seasons, and that's my dumb thing. Occasionally, sure. but now I get Avenue Five. So is is that a? Did you see? Is it a full like series dump, or is it like one week at a time thing? Uh, I think it's still one week at a time. Okay, that's fine. You know, I I prefer that. Right, right. Cool, man. We got we got it. Okay, uh, you have been listening to the Front Porch. This is episode two hundred and sixty-eight. Thanks always to our friends at LRM Online. You can check them out, read reviews on things. Uh, if you want to reach out to us with um your thoughts and feelings on uh mcu huh. or werewolf by night or tell us your guilty pleasure tv shows um like or, or how much you loved black adam yes yes tell <laughs> email michael daniels <laughs> at front, um no our address is front porch pod at gmail.com you can reach out to us there you can go to our website we're going to have some show notes we mentioned earlier that i've already forgotten um uh on our website that address is front porch if you enjoy the show please consider subscribing on the podcatcher of your choice and while you're there if you would leave us a positive review i mean they're all positive if you'd leave us a good <laughs> review like a five star maybe four stars okay too and you know, <laughs> who am i kidding um we appreciate that it helps out with all the magic algorithms that point more people to our random ramblings uh did i say all the things yes all the things <laughs> thanks so much for joining us until next time i'm dennis and i'm michael for the front porch hi everybody see you next time